This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. It's time to get educated on your Second Amendment rights. Welcome to two full hours of Gun Owners Radio. Your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz, will teach you about firearms, self-defense, and the laws that affect your rights to keep and bear arms. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with questions to learn how to become a sponsor of Gun Owners Radio and get involved. Together, we will win. Now here's your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz. Sports on the Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome. This is Gun Owners Radio on FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, this segment is, a, is sponsored by our good buddy John Dillon at Dillon Law Group. If you have legal matters that involve anything gun related, you need to call attorney John Dillon. Got problems involving these new red flag laws? What about gun registration questions? Gun transportation questions? Maybe you aren't sure that your gun even complies with California law. Well, you need to call our trusted firearms attorney, John Dillon. John Dillon is right here in Carlsbad and specializes in California gun laws. Give him a call at 760-642-7150, or you can visit his website at dillonlawgp.com. All right, Michael, how are you doing today? I'm doing good, man. I'm looking at Joe's uh, smorgasbord yeah, of uh, guns of and holsters over there. Well, now through the magic of uh, Facebook video, right? Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're <laughs> you listening, show some things. So later on, he's going to do a really cool gear review. He's got it laid out. If you're listening, uh, go to San Diego County Gun Owners Facebook page or Orange County Riverside or San Bernardino County Gun Owners Facebook page, and you'll be able to see him live. But uh, you'll be able to see the the products that he's reviewing. But guys, I have a news story that I wanted to bring to your attention. Uh, I just was was uh, looking at this when we when we walked out. And I Shouldn't just wanna... we do ticker tape? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> exactly. the typewriter like they yeah. used to do? It's, uh, I, I thought it was pretty amusing. I think we should, we should talk about it. Let me, let me read just a couple of sentences here. This is on foxnews.com. Came out uh, September 12th. Uh, data shows that half of 2019 donations to Act Blue came from untraceable, unemployed donors. Less than two months ahead of the presidential election with concerns of foreign interference again at the forefront, a conservative political group is raising, quote, serious concerns about millions of donations reported by a major Democratic fundraising platform. A preliminary computer analysis by the Take Back Action Fund, obtained exclusively by Fox News, has found that nearly half of all 2019 donations to Act Blue were made by people claiming to be unemployed. Uh, quote, after downloading hundreds of millions of dollars in donations to the Take Back Action Fund servers, we were shocked to see that almost half the donations to Act Blue in 2019 claimed to be unemployed individuals. The name of employers must be disclosed when making political donations, but more than 4.7 million donations came from people who claimed they did not have an employer. Those 4.7 million donations totaled 346 million mm-hmm. raised to uh, raised and sent to liberal causes. Now, anybody who has... By the way, and the red side 
had two percent had two percent yeah I, I was gonna get to it so i just want to throw that out there because i seen the same thing you did it's cr- i think this thing's gonna be a huge story i, I think, think that they're gonna think, only really? on one side where <laughs> only well, on one side well so i think you know fox news is coming out with it but and, and you know cnn yeah, that and, was it and, and yeah <laughs> cnn and msnbc are gonna be forced into covering it like they like what usually happens right. but this is an enormous deal i want to talk a little bit about it anybody who's uh, any member of San Diego County Gun Owners or Orange County, Riverside, San Bernardino County Gun Owners knows when you become a member, you're giving a political donation. We're, we're political organizations, so you have to give certain information, name, uh, address, and employer. You have to give your employer information. And a lot of people ask why. Well, it's a law. It's required because for political donations. You know, if we were a charity or something else, probably, you know, well, you wouldn't have It's a law to. for the left. It's well. Apparently, for apparently. For, for Democrats, it's just a suggestion. <laughs> for, for Republicans, we, it's you a know, law. It's a law, but we're and for you know, for our group, it's definitely a law. But you know, they're saying all these people are unemployed. Three hundred and forty-six million dollars worth of donations from unemployed people. Isn't that an oxymoron? I'm unemployed, but I'm giving millions of dollars. Now, well, unemployment pays well during the COVID crisis. Oh, that's though. right. I forgot about that. <laughs> there, I, I, anybody that's worked a booth for San Diego County Gunners or any of the packs knows that you know people come up and say, "Hey, you know what? I, I can't afford. I'm on a fixed income. I'm retired. Whatever." Very, uh, I, I, I'd say, a small percentage of of people who are retired are donating. You know, to. Uh, you know politics sure i mean you gotta you gotta have a job if you're on a fixed income yeah so this is crazy it's crazy it's crazy uh the trend is continuing this year an action fund examination of 2020 data from january through august showed an uptick in unemployed donations through act blue to 50.1 percent this year so the question so what what is all right mike so what what are you talking about yeah what are you talking so what's happening well, What's the big deal? There's a lot of possibilities, but one very likely possibility is the that- glaring one? Yeah. These are- So everybody knows what a straw purchase is, you know, when no, somebody- people that don't. What is so that? You don't know what it is. So it's gun owners, if a straw purchase is when someone who can legally own a gun buys a gun in order to give it to somebody who legally can't own a gun. That's right. that's typically that's a straw, a straw purchase. These are possibly the, the possibility. I can't, you know, no, we don't know for sure. There's got to be an investigation. These could be straw donations. Mm-hmm. So um, people that uh, are trying to get around maximums, you know, like, hey, you know, you, this is the you know, contribution limits. Or, and this is hilarious, it could po- possibly be, and there's a high possibility that it's foreign nationals. Mm-hmm. Now, what's happened over the last four years with Trump? Democrats are screaming, oh, Russia, 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 right? And I, th- I got to tell you, most Republicans kind of started this whole thing out. We're scratching our heads. What are you talking about? Yeah. You know, there's He's beaten th- Russia to death. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's they were turns out they were projecting, <laughs> you, <laughs> you know, it turns out they were probably projecting. So if a foreign national for foreign country or some rich foreigner um, wants to support uh, Democrats wants to support Biden specifically, then what they can do is donate, make up a name, and then say they're retired. 
Yeah. You know, there's not there aren't a whole lot of explanations for why you would why you'd have, you know, whatever, 50 percent retired. Did you mention I don't think you mentioned what Act Act Blue is just for people that sure. might not know what that yeah. is. OK, so Act Blue is really just a platform kind of like PayPal or Venmo is a platform to get money to and from people. So Act Blue is just the middle man. Uh, between donors and candidates or organizations. So they provide the infrastructure. So you go on to Act Blue, you donate, and they route it to whoever you want them to route it to. Yeah, candidates or, but right. they are specifically for Democrats and liberal progressive mm-hmm. organization. I'm not, that's not my opinion. That's, that's stated on their website. Right. They say, hey, yeah, we're here to support liberal and progressive organizations and Democrat. Um, so donate, 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 and don't worry about filling out the paperwork. Right. Now, the right, or Republicans, have one called Win Red or something like that, or Red Win or or something like that. So, you know, both sides have it, but the big difference is, as you pointed out, you know... 2% over 51%. Uh, it's hard to believe that at a time when the U.S. unemployment rate was less than 4%, that unemployed people had $346 million to send to Act Blue for liberal causes. Uh, 4.7 million uh, donations from people without a job raises a serious concern. The other side, the Republican side, the Trump side, totally, totally different. Um, uh, Win red, it's called. 4.9 million donations totaling 302 million. Only 4%. Oh, it was four? <laughs> yeah, not 50% like it was with Act Blue. 4%. Now, I got to tell you, some of these campaign laws are, are kind of. Uh, useless they don't wonky yeah they're just kind of i don't know how much they're really helping but that's not so much the point as if they're not playing by the rules and we're playing by the rules who's gonna win who's gonna win right the the, the cheating party i'm sure the republicans are all over that though right there's a a great reaction no they're no no they're not gonna do anything but how can they do anything well they're busy doing nothing (laughs) well they can't i mean hey i mean you just had the whole Mueller team you know, accidentally wiped, accidentally wiped their phones out, not once, but twice. But that's OK. But if that was a rep- I mean, and I'm not trying to be rep- uh, uh, you, know, pol- you know, political here, but look at the I mean, no one's going to jail. The left or the left could do anything they want and totally get away scot free. Makes me just crazy. Let's take a break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. All right. What's the best defense for self-defense? And those horrible new red flag laws. Okay. Firearms Legal Protection. Firearms Legal Protection is a legal defense program for lawful gun owners with a 24-7 emergency hotline. Let them provide the lawyer for you. Call Firearms Legal Protection today. That's Firearms Legal Protection at FirearmsLegal.com, or you can call them direct at 469-310-9100. So, you know, we, you know, we've just been sort of talking about uh, all these different, you know, voting and, and what have you, but I'm very concerned. I am very, I, I'm really concerned about, you know, these ballots and 800 million being sent out and no way to really tabulate or or keep track of them or where they're going to go. 
It's it's insanely easy to cheat. Well, yeah. Well, and again, too, the rules when when one side, you know, it's like the pirate code. They're not really rules. They're kind of guidelines that they go by. Because like I just saw today, San Francisco is uh, playing with the idea of allowing 16 year olds to vote right. in city yeah. elections. Yeah, but only local. They're not. They don't want to well, get. They don't it. have the power to do anything beyond that. But uh, but how could they even do it locally? I, I, well, it's their city, I guess. And, and, then I if, and then I would want to go down and buy a gun. I think they're trying to turn San Francisco into some kind of liberal stronghold. <laughs> you think? <laughs> Maybe they're going to build a wall. Like why? Why were they doing that? Why would they? Why do they need sixteen and seventeen oh. year olds to vote? I well, mean, pe- people say it can never get worse, you know. And some people take that as a challenge. Right? <laughs> see what we can do. Well, the threat is if they keep this stuff up. Trump's just not going to leave office. It's just that simple. Well, I, you know, it's, I mean, so this Act Blue that we were talking about in the last segment, this isn't some, you know, Biden only platform. It's not some national no. only platform. I, I don't know what percent, half, 70% of the Democrats running for local office who are raising money here in San Diego use Act Blue. This isn't something over there. This right. is something that's happening in our own right. backyard. Well, and the other thing with that, too, is is if you look at uh, people that think they're donating the Black Lives Matters and helping that organization, that money actually goes right to Act Blue. And I'd, I'd heard that a couple of times on different radio shows or news places. And I thought, is that really true? Let me go check that out. And I went to the uh, Black Lives Matters website and I clicked the donate button. And sure enough, that's what you say. It says everything goes to Act Blue and it explains exactly what Act Blue is. They're a fundraising organization to, um, again, to try to help fund and elect uh, Democratic candidates around the country. So, so, so okay. the so the part of that, let me let me just kind of hook up. So, mm-hmm. it, it what happens is if money isn't claimed within sixty days. So, if you go in and say, "Hey, I'm going to give a hundred bucks because I, you know, I care about the organization Black Lives Matter," and it sits there with Act Blue for sixty days. Then Act Blue redesignates it as a donation to them, and they say as a part of their infrastructure or as part of their uh, uh, mission is to provide infrastructure for the Democratic Party. So really, that's the connection. So when people are donating to Black Lives Matter, um, there's a strong possibility that it's not being routed to Black Lives Matter. Uh, you know what organization is that? Is there a five hundred one or a five hundred mm-hmm. you know or, you know or a, or a PAC that call Black you know or is it just sitting there with Act Blue and they're using it however they want? Right. Well, so let me just ask this. Okay, so let's say they did get all that money, so they're going to use it for TV commercials and and stuff like that, right? Yeah, hire people to campaign, yeah. use it for commercials, use it for voter outreach. Yeah, you know. Okay. But it doesn't necessarily mean that it's going to make a difference at the election. Well, um, it depends. You know, the things that people do during elections are very effective. One of the most effective things uh, organizations and candidates do during the election season is get people to show up to vote. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because every election, 30, 40 percent of of voters show up. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, so that means 60 don't. to 70 don't mm. so it's not so much so everybody thinks but it's not a guarantee that the no. left is going to win no no it's no guarantee but everybody thinks that it's the elections are a battle of changing minds and that's not really what it is no. everybody pretty much knows where they stand yeah, on you're not issues. yeah no one's changing your mind and no one's changing my mind no matter you know what they say whether it's the truth or not the truth by the way i don't know if you happen to hear uh Trump's speech last last night, but uh, when they the left came out with that ad with him standing over the grave of a military 
personnel, mm. and he was using the two words uh, about the military. Uh, this was in France, yeah. and the only reason he didn't go is because the, the weather. The yeah. weather. And 25 people on his cabinet are saying that none of this actually happened. Yeah. He comes out and he says, it was the most disrespectful commercial I've ever seen. So now I'm going to be vicious. <laughs> now he's going to be vicious. Well, because he says, now you've given me the opportunity. All the gloves are off. Yeah. I will be vicious. Well, so, and, so Tim, and it's actually kind of frustrating because you see uh, people on one side and people on the other side, you know, debating. And what they're not really doing, they're, they're not, not really debating. No. They're just throwing words they're at They're yelling other. at each other. The most effective thing that people can do is get people who would not have shown up to vote right. to show up to vote. Right. That's what you do. You're not going to change someone's mind. No. It's just not going to happen. And, and I got to say, in all honesty, you know, because the left is just almost as bad as the right. The left has been taking comments from Biden and only taking out what they want out of the statement he made. Like when he says he's going to defund the police. Uh, or the, actually, he said the police were, were the enemy. Well, if you listen to the whole comment, the fact that the police roll into your neighborhood in a SWAT vehicle that's an ex-military and they've got guns call, he says he says that the public will look at that as the military and think of them as the enemy. But yet the way the snippet comes out is Biden says that, yeah. the military is the enemy. Politics is ugly. But the yeah. left is just as bad as the right. Yeah, the right well, is just as bad when it comes They really to are. I mean, they're both, you know. But, uh, but you know, funding those kinds of programs, is it effective? It's absolutely effective. Is it guaranteed? No, nothing's no, guaranteed. But it's effective. But it's effective, for well, sure. Well, because then they can come out and say, look, Biden raised, you know, $300 million. Well, no, he didn't. Not really. A bunch of unemployed people yeah, <laughs> yeah. got him in there. Well, that's especially important, too, at the local level, at the local races, because oh. that's one of the things that we try to influence here yeah. you know, with the Second Amendment stuff. Because it's only because now you're only talking ten thousand dollars or something to influence a race, right? And um, again, you know, and there's things that you wouldn't think of, like uh, some friends are running for school board out in East County, and I think it costs uh, was it seven hundred and fifty dollars to write a bio, and so you have a bio on the ballot, yeah. Right. And that's that's almost like required if you're serious and you actually want to run and compete, you got to do that. But you know, that's seven hundred and fifty there a couple of thousand for lawn signs, you know, and it's uh, even at the local level, Yeah, uh, the money's important. So they could do well, a lot Well, no, that. It, it, it really is. And it was in another interesting tidbit, um, like 80% of the Republicans are going to go physically go in to vote, physically go in to vote, and 80% of the Democrats are going to mail in. I, you got to go in. Everybody listening, you have to go into your poll and vote. Do That's not right. mail this in. And if they don't have a poll in your area because they've taken them away, go down to the registrar's office. Right. Turn your ballot in there. Yeah. It, it's it's going to be a pain. Yeah, you may have to stand in line, but you have to make your vote count. And we're not telling you who to vote for. We're just saying make your vote count. Yeah. If you have an absentee ballot and you, you can walk it into the uh, the county uh, registrar voter... Do that's getting it directly to the the county uh, uh, register of voters offices is by far the most secure right. thing to do. But um, I've been saying for years it, it is enormously easy to to cheat. cheat votes. I mean, it's just enormously easy. And then that that whistleblower came out and wrote that article 
uh, what last week mm-hmm. and described exactly what every anybody that's been around voting knows. We all know. Yeah, of course. It's you know I, I would never do that because it's 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 a couple couple reasons. I would never do it because it's illegal and immoral. Right. But the other thing is it really takes an organized effort. You, you know. Even the small races, you you, you got to win, but you know you have to swing them by a hundred, two hundred. Right. The bigger races, it's ten, twenty thousand. Right. So you know, drumming up that many votes takes a real organized effort. But um, if you send out eight hundred million, that kind of narrows the odds. Right. And if you have paid staff that that can organize that for six months. Right. And nobody's checking them, and nobody's you know verifying signatures or not cleaning up the registrar's uh, list of people that have passed away, moved away, any of the above. And it just makes me crazy that the public, the general public, left or right, would accept this. It it, it really, well, it, I, so I was telling Joe before the show that I kind of, when this whole thing started, uh, you know, the voter fraud mail-in and everything, when it, when it started heating up, I thought that uh, Republicans were, were kind of making a, a bigger deal out of it than they should. And I thought, oh, come on, this isn't a big deal. What changed my mind was how passionate Democrats are about winning. <laughs> well, about about uh, you know mail-in voting, and I thought, well, why do you guys even care? Mm. Like, what? And if they care about it that much, it means it's going to help them win. See, that's where Trump screwed up again. What he should have done was say, "Folks, do not go to the ballot. Mail everything in. Do not go <laughs> to the ballot." Because we got to get you to mail it in. Please don't go to the ballot. Yeah. Then they just said, oh, geez, what's he got going? What's he got cooking? Right. What's he got cooking? Right. If I was Trump, I'd change my tune right away. I'd say, you know what? You're right, folks. Don't go down. Mail that bad boy in. But there, there's nothing more suspicious than the passion yes. from, from Democrats that they have for they, mail-in ballots. And they don't realize that we see through that? I mean, or is that just me? I don't know. I I don't know. It's a good question. I think that it's one of those deals. I think if you if you're passionate enough, you're loud enough, and you say it often enough, you know, it becomes reality. I it know. becomes your truth. I, you know? I well, yeah. If you lie enough, it yeah, you will eventually believe the lie without a shadow of a doubt. But all right, what do we got coming up next? Well, so in the next segment, we're going to talk about the shooting socials. We had some. We had two really great shooting oh. socials. So I think we'll. I want to just talk a little bit about those and. And talk about the the future and uh, of, of shooting socials and, and what they are and, and what uh, what we did. How to get involved? How to get involved? Why it's important? And just have a little discussion yeah, about the practice, shooting practice, socials. Practice, practice. Well, we just did um, uh, responsibly armed radio this morning. We had a really good segment on you know getting prepared. How do you prepare your your parents? How do you prepare family members in the event of a break in? You know, and I've learned what I'm going to do. Honest to goodness. In my house, I have a walk-in closet, or you know, like an area where you can go into the closet. Mm-hmm. I'm going to get a solid door and have that put in, nice with a double lock, top and bottom, because that's where I keep all my weapons anyway. And if there's ever a situation, at least there's a place to go, like a panic room kind of, kind of a panic room, yeah, a secure room. I like it. Have a cell phone in there that way you can call. Because the minute you go out, you if you shoot anybody, you're just you're just in for so much trouble. It's just going to be ugly. Well, anyway. Nobody wants to shoot anybody. No, not at all. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. It's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego.
Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Dramisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1. AM 1170, The Answer. Okay, California assault weapon laws make it almost impossible to own an AR pattern rifle. What's the solution? Cali Key. Cali Key converts any mil-spec direct impingement AR pattern rifle into a straight pull-bolt action rifle so it can have all the features without being considered an assault weapon. It's a true drop-in solution, no milling, no aesthetic modifications, and no turning off your gas system. Keep your entire AR collection intact at a price you can afford with Cali Key. Check out Cali Key at CaliKey.com. That's K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. All right, fellas, we got this segment. So we just had a weekend of shooting socials. Oh, did you? And it was awesome. We had one Saturday. We had one this morning. Um, and I wanted to just talk about what these should. And by the way, I know a ton of people who helped out with the shooting socials are listening because every time uh, we have these shooting socials uh, people come up you know some of the mentors they come up and say oh you know we listen to guns gun owners radio and we, we you know we love what you guys are doing so thank you all that are listening for helping with these shooting socials now what they are uh a shooting social is a, a, a it's a group of people group of people that really haven't shot a gun before or haven't had a lot of experience mm-hmm. and we match them up with somebody who is experienced they bring their firearm so that, you know they know they're comfortable with it and uh we uh for it's 50 dollars for a student um and they get a mentor who has a firearm they get 50 rounds of ammunition they get uh, ears and eye protection um they get a target and a lane um they, it's about two hours there's uh, about a half hour safety briefing then about an hour and a half to shoot and they they get a first time shooting experience is there a waiting list there there is not so we started doing this, you know, five years ago when San Diego started. We started doing the shooting socials, and they do them up in Orange County about once a month. Uh, we've done some in Riverside. The uh, when we started doing this, um, we were doing one or two at least a month, and then uh, interest kind of it kind of fell by the wayside there for about a year, year and a half. And really, what happened was um, the CCW, the interest in CCWs, kind of took over. So ever since. Uh, COVID and and the riots started, there's been a huge renewed interest in, you know, because we have so many new gun owners. Mm -hmm. So we opened it up again and boom, now there's a waiting list. Well, let me know ahead of time because I want to send my wife and her girlfriend. Okay. So so if you want to sign up, you just go to the website, contact us. Um, It's, you know, on the calendar, email us. There's a ton of ways to reach out to us and say, hey, I'm interested. Um, what we've decided to do is we're going to start having one a uh, standing shooting social every second Saturday of the month. Okay, at a different range. Uh, we've been bouncing back and forth between Poway Weapons and Gear and the Gun Range San Diego. Um, we, we're, we're probably going to you know try. We'd love to have it at other ranges. They yeah, they but- open up early for us, so it starts at eight o'clock in the morning on Saturdays, mm-hmm. runs till ten, so it doesn't take over your whole day. But see, and the reason I'm saying this is because I don't want to teach my wife how to use a firearm yeah only because i think it'd be better if she learned from somebody yeah other than me it's just yeah. like teaching your wife how to drive a car you know it, i think they gain more knowledge from it and sign up her and her girlfriend because that way she'll feel comfortable going with some she won't shoot with her girlfriend 
but she'll get there with her girlfriend, and her girlfriend can get with a professional. And- yeah, and, and fifty bucks if you just walk into any range. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah if yeah. you walk into any range, first off, if you, if you hire somebody, now this is by the way something really important. This is not a substitute for training, professional training. Yeah, uh, it really isn't. This is just a first time shooting experience. Just kind of tell people it's not a one on one class. It's an Did intro. You bring your own gun. No, the mentors provide their own. They provide their firearm. They bring their firearm. Right. Um, but uh, fifty bucks. If you just walk into a range and you rent a gun and you rent a lane for a couple hours and you buy ammo and a target and eye and ear protection, you're definitely going to go over fifty bucks. Easy. Um, so it's it's a it's a nice affordable way to just kind of get a little bit of a you know it's it's one of your San Diego neighbors just. You know, putting a, a you know an hour aside on a Saturday morning and saying, "Here, let me let me just kind of show you how this goes. Let me take some of the mystery out of it, so that now you can go take a professional class." But fifty bucks, nobody's making. We call them. I call them uh, friend raisers. They're not fundraisers. They're friend raisers right, right. <laughs> because people really enjoy it. Well, and I agree. And and like I said, my wife's only gone out one time. Yeah, I mean, she fired the nine millimeter Smith and Wesson I bought this Mossberg, and I got a revolver out of the rental fleet. And all three were within an inch and a half grouping. Well, and <laughs> and it, it was it's interesting to see the different groups. Yesterday was just a group of of you know people off a, off a waiting list, mm-hmm. and they all had fun and they loved it and they enjoyed it and it was great. Uh, this morning was a uh, a group called Guns and Moses, which is oh a, yeah we know those guys. yeah Jewish uh, shooting group business owners. Some of them all walks of life, mm-hmm. um, but. Typically, they meet about every other month, and it's kind of a core group of people. But this event, this shooting social, was specifically designed for people who had never shot before. Uh-huh. So their typical meeting, Guns and Moses, are you know people that train together and mm-hmm. friends and whatever. Um, but this was you know brand new people, and some of the folks who were there this morning were present at the synagogue in Poway mm-hmm. when they had their horrible, yeah, tragic massacre, and. Uh, that it must was, have been a little somber. It, well, um, it was therapeutic, mm-hmm. and um, it was the, some of them described it as very empowering. Mm-hmm. Um, and the the mentors, you know, the people that that the volunteers that show up with their firearm and, and you know and teach, um, were really touched by that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, we we didn't really talk about um, for no particular reason. We didn't really announce, hey, it's guns and what. We just say, hey, it's a shooting social, new shooters. So they didn't really know what they were walking into, mm-hmm. and then some of the mentors came up after and said, "Yeah, my my uh, my mentee, my student, um, was was at the synagogue. One lady, um, her daughter, they'd actually um, taken uh, active shooter training, and her daughter uh, helped save a bunch of people because mm-hmm. she knew what to do, how to you know escape and evade. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that was very uh, it was it was kind of emotional for some of the some of the uh, from some of the mentors as well." Um, but it is very empowering. I used to do a lot of um, mentoring for women on target. The NRA's got a program called mm-hmm. Women on Target, and it's all you know women who are new shooters. And seeing how empowering that was was it's just amazing. It's it's one of the, it's it's some of the best activism you can do is teach people how to shoot for the first time. Right. Well, without a shadow of a doubt. Well, yeah, you're not some, saying nothing over there. No, I was gonna say the same thing Michael was saying. The Women on Target thing is another great alternative. Mm-hmm. We do. Um, four of those uh, a year up at the Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club. And uh, we've got one that's sold out now on October 15th. Uh, but the other one, the next one's in January, and uh, that's opening up too now. 
And um, those are really great. It's the same idea. It's all women. And uh, we match them up with a mentor. And a little bit different up there, what we do is um, they'll spend uh, an hour shooting handguns. Then they'll switch and spend an hour shooting shotguns. They'll switch and spend an hour shooting rifles. So, again, another good uh, first-time shooting experience. But that's another great program as well. Yep. Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club. Is that $50 too? Um, yeah, I think that might be less than $50, but, uh, if you go on their website, just go to Lemon Grove Rod and Gun Club, uh, look on the calendar or look for events and, uh, scroll down there until you see the women on target. It's, it's always on a Sunday. So you can just search the well, Sunday. since I live in Alpine. Yeah. It's right around the corner from your house, yeah. probably right off of uh, Tavern Road exactly. and Cyclone Truck Trail. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I hear them all the time. So <laughs> that'd be a good place to send her. And, you know, and I always like to send her, you know, send her with somebody she knows so she's comfortable. But it's amazing, and we've watched. Uh, I've seen people who came to a shooting social to learn. Um, and by the way, we see people come back. Sometimes they go to two or three of them just to kind of, you know, get their feet wet a couple mm-hmm. times. Um, but I've seen people come to a shooting social, and then uh, purchase a firearm, get some training, um, and then come back as a mentor. Um, you know, for another new shooter, which mm-hmm. is which is cool. That's a really yeah. you know, uh, uh, giving back. Yeah, and it's it's very rewarding for mentors too because I've done it before where I, I've had people that were literally shaking when they got up there. They were so nervous and so intimidated by the guns, oh, yeah. and just by the end of the hour, they're just having a ball with it. Sure, know, once they get going. Well, and that's it's, it's like anything, you know. Until you've actually tried it and experienced it, you know. Then once you've done it, then you're comfortable, and then then the fear goes away that the gun's not going to bite you. Yeah, yeah, especially with the firearms too, because. Uh, you know, most people have heard so many, you know, negative things, oh, and incorrect yeah. things, oh, yeah. and they get there and it's it's not at all like what they were expecting. You know, it was sort of like my uh, first experience getting involved with gun owners and stuff when I started. You know, I was um, I was expecting to see a bunch of people that were kind of a cross between Duck Dynasty and Rambo and uh, didn't really see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> surprising. Thank goodness for that. Yeah. No, it's it's and it's so important that, you know, and I need to get her back out shooting again. Yeah, because it's been all you know, one time in how many years? So yeah, I think that'd be a good idea, and it g- gives you an experience, especially if you're going to shoot the mentor's gun. It gives you an opportunity to shoot something maybe different than what you own. Yeah. So and and or if you're interested in a particular model, we probably have. I mean, we had 18 mentors there today. Mm-hmm. So we probably have some version of whatever you're looking for. Yeah, and I think most mentors probably bring, you know, a couple of guns anyway. I know I usually do because, um, you know, sometimes I'll just want to try something else. So here's a revolver. You might want to try that yeah. out. Well, and, and that's uh, my point because my wife's we have a Smith & Wesson 9mm. She can't rack it. Hmm. Oh, because it's, yeah. Just can't tough, rack tough it. Tough to rack. Doesn't yeah. have the, you know, the wrist strength, and she's got a little carpal tunnel going on from work. So I've been thinking about getting her a revolver, but I want her to shoot a revolver first to see if she's okay with that. And I'll tell you, if if you sign up, by the way, for for information, just go to sdcgo.org slash shooting social. Um, but if you sign up and, and you say something like that, like, hey, I want to make sure I can try a revolver. Right. I want to make sure I can try a, right. a, try a Glock or a whatever. Or hey, I'm particularly interested. And that'll make the mating up a little easier. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. We'll do our very best to to help. Um, a lot of times, you know, the, and if somebody, if you do want to try something, uh, usually the ranges that we go to, they're they're open early, so they they don't have a bunch of cu- customers, and mm-hmm. they'll they'll let you use whatever's in the rental fleet. They're usually pretty cool. Does uh, Lemon Grove have a rental fleet? 
No, they don't uh, typically do that, but um, you'll have even more because we have an hour. Well, it's the same thing, I guess, with the shooting socials. But um, a lot of the mentors there bring a lot of guns. Like I, that's how I ended up buying my revolver because uh, mm-hmm. I was there the doing members. a women on target thing. And the woman I was working with was interested in trying a revolver. At the time, I didn't have one, but the guy next to me had one. I said, hey, can we use yours for a second? Yeah, sure. And I ended up shooting his and I said, oh, I got to have one of these. And <laughs> so I ended up with another gun. So we had uh, one of the women on target. We had four generations one year. We had a great grandma, grandma. Wow. A mom, mom and a daughter. daughter. Yeah. They all, right. all went through the program together. It was fun. I'll bet. Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break. You're all listening to Gun Owners Radio. And don't forget to go to Facebook uh, or S-E-G-O, S-E-C-G-O.org, and you can check us out on Facebook. We're live, uh, and this show will be posted on the San Diego County Gun Owners website. So if you miss anything that you want to get back to, probably by Monday, you shall see it up on their, on the site and any podcasting sites that you're you know used to. You can find us there as well. All right, this is FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right. This segment is sponsored by the Gun Range San Diego, the best shop and range in town. Are you a new gun owner, an experienced gun owner, or somewhere in between? Check out the Gun Range San Diego on Balboa. Great customer service, fantastic staff, all the latest inventory, and they are great people. I call them the Nordstrom's of gun ranges, just not the Nordstrom price. They're all about service. Open Sunday through Thursday, 10 to 7, 10 to 10 on Friday and Saturday. You can call them at 858-573-1911 or just go to thegunrangesandiego.com. Hey, Jason, we got you in the house. Hey, Dave. How's it going? Good, man. How are you? Doing fine. Keeping real busy. Real busy. A lot of good guns coming in. I'm glad it's cooling down. That was cool in there now. Oh, yeah. No kidding, man. It, it was brutal there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're just, we're just keeping busy. A lot of uh, a lot of guns have been coming in lately. A lot of good pistols, Glocks, Springfield XDs, things like that, with a little bit of regularity, which is nice to see. Every week, two weeks, we're getting a box of a good 10, 15 guns in. That's real nice to see. Lately, our latest batch was a, a whole a whole mess of uh, Springfield 1911s, which are some of my favorite guns. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we're having a good time with those. A lot of customers are happy about that. Do you feel like we're sure. turning a corner? Starting to. I feel like we're kind of at, you know, I feel like the worst part's finally over. And it's kind of starting to kind of, you're kind of seeing the light at the end of the tunnel kind of thing right now. That's what I'm thinking. Still going to take several months to, you know, maybe even over a year to recover. But uh, it's finally, finally starting to look up. Well, so with all of these, you know, gun manufacturers being gobbled up and eliminated, you know, the roster still what it is. Right, uh, right. How are you seeing? Is it that the gun manufacturers that are still in effect are they actually starting to catch up? Is that what you're saying? They're starting to. Uh, a lot of manufacturers are focusing more on uh, their guns that are more profitable for them. For instance, Sig. Uh, I spoke to a SIG rep a while ago, a couple months ago, and 
He said that he thinks the company is more focusing on the guns that really do well for them, which are the, unfortunately for us in California, the the P320 series and the 365 series pistols. Um, they're not really focusing on 226s and 229s right now, which are the real breadwinners for SIG in California. Um, 320 and 365 are not legal for a civilian purchase in California. So, uh, yeah, that's what we got going on for there. And, uh, and uh, yeah, same with uh, other companies such as, uh, ooh, off the top of my head, uh, Smith & Wesson is focusing a lot more on revolvers just for California right now. Uh, since you can only buy a Smith & Wesson SD9, SD40, you know, pistol-wise. We can't buy any of the M&P series pistols in California, except for the Shield. Um, there's definitely a shortage of Shields. A lot of people want those guns right now because it's a really, really good option for concealed carry, which a lot more people are interested in right now, as I'm sure you know. So, the, they, we, you know, we can only buy Gen 3 Glocks here in California, and they're up to Gen That's 5. Right. Are they even manufacturing Gen 4 Glocks anymore? I, you know, I don't know, but I've never asked about That's that. That's a good question, I huh? They, I, I don't think that – I'm sure they do. Yeah. You know, it's just an educated guess, educated guess. I'm sure they do, but it's definitely not going to be to the extent that they're making the fives. Almost nobody uh, – police officers can buy Gen 4 and 5 for listeners who don't know about the roster of guns in California. Almost nobody buys a Gen 4 anymore, except privately. So if they do, uh, it's not a lot. I, I, I don't know if they do or not. Yeah, it's not going to be a lot. They're focusing on the 5s. They've really uh, pulled ahead with their Glock Model 45, which is a great, great carry pistol. I really wish we could buy it. But, uh, yeah, that's where that's where Glock's at right now. They're definitely still making the Gen 3s just for us. It's just for California. That's the thing is I, I really think they'd have stopped making the Gen 3s if you know, yeah. if there wasn't a roster in California. Well, there, well, there must be a, a, a demand. Or... Just California. Yeah, there's a massive demand. That's yeah, it. There's a massive, massive demand. Uh, they, they, uh, people buy Gen 3s in other states, but the thing is, in uh, in other states, a Gen 4, or, I'm sorry, a Gen 5 doesn't cost a whole heck of a lot more, another 100 150 bucks for some of them. So people tend to opt for those. They still crank out the Gen 3s, you know, for other states as well because it's a, you know, a less expensive option for those who can purchase those uh, Gen 5s in other states. California has more people than any other state and also has more gun owners, I believe, than any other state. Yeah. Um, so because of that, it makes sense for Glock to continue to, to crank out those Gen 3s. Yeah, I was reading. We actually <laughs> sell more guns in California than any we other do. state. We that's amazing. I didn't, I didn't know we had more gun owners more. than any other state. We sell more guns every year than Texas. And yet yeah, we have we the situation we have. Yeah. Yet we have the situation yeah, just, we have. It's just we just have we have far more people than any other state. And it's just it's just the numbers. Like just we just have more people. Um California might be a blue state, but there are a great many gun owners, especially right now when a lot of uh, a lot of gun owners who typically vote Democrat or against guns are buying a lot of guns right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just that's just a fun fact. I don't know how many times I've heard, you know, in the past two, three months, I don't know how many times I've heard the statement, yeah, I never thought I'd be a gun owner. <laughs> I, I, I've, I've never, you know, you almost never, ever heard that before. And now, now you hear, you know, every every other day, every day, every other day, you hear, like, I didn't really think I was going to be into guns or or, hey, I didn't think guns were really a good thing, but now I think, you know, it's mm. kind of like one of those things now. Every day almost. 
Well, hopefully we can get a lot of these new gun owners involved because, you know, I've always said that if if gun owners were just more engaged and more involved in California, we wouldn't have a problem. I mean, there's enough of us, uh, enough of us here to, um, you know, to defeat a lot of this stuff. They just have, for some reason, they're just not, not engaged or something. It's, it's weird, but uh, things may be changing. uh, Yeah. Yeah. That might be, yeah. That'd be nice if they did. It'd be nice if they did. Um, so are you guys? What are you guys doing, by the way? Maybe I maybe I should. Uh, what's going yeah. on with training? Do you guys have a new training option, or we still got the same thing? The get to know your gun class. It's uh, it's just seventy five bucks for a half hour. I think it's a half hour for uh, a one on one training session. And, and John and John Goff and Manny are the, are your two instructors. Yep. Okay. Yep. John Goff and Manny Mendoza, both really good guys, ex cops, great experience, great deal of experience. Um, yeah, both those guys are great. They know what they're doing. Hey, Jason, you were talking about the gun situation a few minutes ago. Have you seen any signs yeah. of life or recovery with the ammunition uh, situation? The ammo's still not looking too great. We're kind of grabbing ammo whenever we can. Uh, it's definitely slowing down. I was really hoping that it was picking up with the, with the guns. Like the pistols, we're, we're seeing more of. The ammunition hasn't really quite caught up yet, so... We're yeah. kind of hoping that that, that does. Yeah, because it looks like, you know, we went through the, the gun shortage, and now maybe that's starting to recover a little bit. And then that was followed a couple of months, you know, later by the ammo shortage. The other thing now that right. we're starting to see, I think, is a primer shortage or reloading shortage. Because mm. uh, I cannot find there primers is. anywhere. Mm. And um, There is, yeah. Primers are extra, extra, just like ammo and guns are. They're extra expensive. They're extra hard to find. Especially small pistol primers, small and large pistol primers. That's just near impossible to get right now exactly that was that was my experience and I, I guess something else i learned too they said there's only i think four companies in the united states that make primers and only a few yeah wow sounds like a business only, to get only into. A few, so it's 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 they're they're probably doing pretty good right now <laughs> but yeah it's uh that is that is very difficult to get a lot of good you know a lot of hand loaders are ahead of the curve who are already ready uh like yourself they've already got a lot of primers ahead of time but Getting more of that stuff is really difficult right now. Getting the bullets, the projectiles themselves, is never that hard. The brass is never that hard. But it's always about the powder and uh, the primers. The primers never used to be a problem, ever. I mean, you'd go to any 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 hunting store and, you know, 100 primers, 5 bucks, that's it. It, it was easy. And now it's, you know, it's just like ammo. Now it's, uh, if you remember, shoot, if you remember getting ammo at, you know, Walmart in, you know, 1995, it was, you know, 10 bucks, if that, for, you know, 500,000 rounds of 22. And that's kind of like that with primers. Mm. Interesting. Well, I bought my AR in, in 98, I think, 98, 99. Yeah. So, I think it was yeah, 98. Was a, bought my AR in 98. Deal. And it was, for, for a few years, up until, honestly, up until uh, Iraq, or the uh, Afghanistan war after 9-11, up uh, until about that point, so for about three or four years, it was 200 bucks, for a thousand rounds of five five six, out the door. Wow! It was like two hundred and one dollars and eighty three cents, something like that. Yeah. And now, wow. <laughs> not yeah. anymore. Not oh. anymore. No, we don't even want to speak about it anymore. Yeah. It's, it's and that not, was a weekend. Thousand rounds for yeah. five five six. That was about it. That was a weekend run out to Akatio. Right. Oh yeah, geez. Yeah, Akatio and Crucifixion Thorn. Yeah. Hopefully everybody's learning a lesson though from it. I mean, I, as a reloader, I've got yep. enough stuff to get through the end of the year. But um, mm-hmm. you know, I was able to find right. some powder, but powder was challenging. But primers nowhere. Mm-hmm. 
And uh, it, it kind of bugs me. Like I said, I've got enough for now, but I'm nervous about shooting because I don't know how long this is going to last, you know, when I'll be able to get more. Well, you know, mm. and, and a lot of people that load up on, on, on ammunition, I think they make the mistake of, uh, you know, they have uh, 10,000 rounds and none of them are self-defense rounds. They're all plinking, you know, the 55 grain for mm. the AR or the, you know, the ball ammo for night. You know, there's a lot of options out there when it comes to ammo. It might be time to start, uh, if you can't, Guy, you know, buy your plinking rounds right now. It might be a good idea to start looking at, uh, you know, true defensive loads. Get your thud rounds. There you go. All right. That's the Mike Schwartz advice of the week. Yes, indeed. Write that down, <laughs> folks. All right. Hey, we're going to thank you much, buddy. You're the best. All right. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Mike. All right. You guys, you stay out of trouble, my friend. Keep working hard. Gun range, oh, San will. Diego. They're open till what time tonight? Seven? Ten to ten on Friday and Saturday. Yeah. 10 to 7 Sunday. You got it. Through so Thursday. Two more hours, folks. You still have time to get down there, hopefully. All right, we're going to take a quick break when we come back a whole lot more right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM Welcome back to Hour 2 of Gun Owners Radio with your hosts, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael. Visit GunOwnersRadio.com with your questions and comments or to learn how to become a sponsor of the show. Time to get involved and get active. Together, we will win. Now here's Dave, Joe, and Michael on The Answer San Diego. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Self-defense and emergencies can happen to anyone, and unfortunately, the justice system may not be on your side. While you protect your family and property, U.S. Law Shield is here to defend you 24-7, 365 days a year with a comprehensive self-defense coverage at an affordable price. Bad guys don't take days off, and neither does our coverage. Get a plan from U.S. Law Shield. Check them out today at uslawshield.com. All right, Joe, what do you got for us today? So uh, today what we have is um, we were talking about the uh, the magazine ban and uh, the um, friend of the court brief, I guess, that the San Diego County gun owners got involved with. Um, and what we uh, what we were talking about, everybody's familiar with the uh, the um, Everybody except me. Um, everybody's familiar with the uh, the magazine ban uh, that they have going here in California. The large capacity. Yes, or the standard capacity as it's known around the rest of the country. Right. But yes, the large capacity magazine ban. And uh, we got a ruling last year, I guess, by Judge Benitez, who said that ban was unconstitutional. 
And that resulted in uh, our one week of freedom, I guess, when a million or I guess Californians legally purchased millions of uh, magazines during that week. Um, and then the, uh, the stay that the judge Benitez um, imposed was, um, I guess, lifted. Is that what it was? Enjoined. The, the, the stay was, yeah, it, there was an injunction on the stay. There we go. That's what happened. <laughs> Wait, right? It's like the, you got to do algebra No, he put, It's like a double, triple negative there. Yeah, I think he put an injunction on the Or the stay was on the injunction. It, and right, then that he, enjoined the, the law. Yeah. And then yes. the state appealed it, and then he stayed his injunction yeah. to lift it. Yes. Okay, that's how it was. Yeah. So what that comes down to is for a week, you could buy magazines that everybody else in the country could buy. So um, then that, that went back to the way it was uh, pending appeal. So a couple of weeks ago, the, a three-judge panel of the Ninth Circuit heard the appeal, and they supported Judge Benitez's ruling, saying that it was um, indeed unconstitutional, and it was a uh, two-to-one vote. So the state appealed that. So now it's going to go to uh, an en banc hearing, which is an 11-judge panel. I yes, think hear it. 11 out of, I think, 29 judges on the Ninth Circuit, and they randomly pick 11 to hear it. Yeah, so in so in all that process, uh, the Firearms Policy Coalition and a number of other uh, Second Amendment groups, including San Diego County gun owners, um, wrote and it's an amicus yep. um, brief there. Yep. See, if I was king, I would I would make that an amicus brief because it sounds better. <laughs> but amicus <laughs> is the way to say that. Um, and anyway, it's essentially a, it's it's otherwise known as a friend of the court brief. And uh, what it is, is this group making an argument um, and uh, basically making an argument uh, for in support of a question. The question they're looking at, uh, I believe, on the brief was, is it um, is confiscate, confiscation of firearms um, constitutional, I think, was the question that they addressed. And a number of uh, these groups wrote in and um, arguing in support of um, repealing this ban. And San Diego County Gunners was among uh, one of those. And the uh, brief that that we wrote was actually, um, I think you could arguably say that it influenced the judges because when the three-judge panel came out with their opinion, they actually used wording and they addressed some of the things that we addressed um, that San Diego County gun owners contributed to that brief. So that's what we were writing about. Yeah, and, you know, people want to know, like, well, what's the point? I got Even myself, you know, five, six years ago when we started – uh, these organizations, we would get a lot of requests. Um, and I'd, I'd kind of wonder, well, you know, how much time should we spend on this? You know, are, are these uh, amicus briefs effective or what's the real purpose? And the reality is, is this, the, the judges are not experts on guns. They're not experts on magazines. They're not experts. They're not experts on just about anything that they rule on. They're experts on being judges. They, they judge the law. Um, so I've found that it's it's crucial for people that are experts on guns and are experts on magazines and and uh, the Second Amendment uh, to get a uh, argument in front of them. So there are, there are organizations out there um, that say, hey, you know what? I think that the judge should rule this way for this reason, but then they need they need somebody to sign on to it. So. They reached out. We get, we, you know, we, we, I get contacted fairly often for, for people, you know, who say, Hey, we want to do this amicus brief. We want to do that. And you know, we don't sign on to everyone. Um, but this one in particular, uh, was, I thought very, very well thought out and very well written. And, uh, they made a, a really strong case. 
And what that does is it allows the judges who are who are looking to decide on this, you know, even judges who philosophically go, yeah, I, I think I know how I'm going to rule on this. You basically have to show them, hey, here's here are the words to describe what what your philosophical decision is. You know, from thirty thousand feet, the, the both both the judges who ruled uh, with us probably already knew. Well, you know, we're we're not going to, you know, th- this is unconstitutional. But giving them the argument and showing them, hey, here are the, the proper words to use, because if, if you don't do it right, uh, then you're giving the other side, you know, all kinds of problems or all kinds of ammunition to, to give you problems. Well, and what's good about it, too, from an activist point of view, it's, you know, creating one of those briefs and submitting a brief like that is an opportunity for citizens or experts in our case to get some information in front of the judges that are actually going to make the ruling and make the decision. Right. And in this particular case, it seems like that worked out pretty well for us. Yeah. In, in lawsuits, there's uh, there's very little you can do as, as an activist when it comes to lawsuits, unless you're the attorney or you're the plaintiff, uh, the really the only, or, or the judge. <laughs> really, the only thing you can do is write a check to make sure that the attorney can uh, you know pay their bills while they're while they're fighting the case, but that's it. I mean, there's really just about a dozen people or so um, that can actually work on a lawsuit. But these amicus briefs are a way, and that's really one of the reasons they reached out to us. They said, "Hey, you guys are an activist organization. This is a an argument that an activist organization should make, and this is why it's you know against the Second Amendment and unconstitutional." So it's something that we put a lot of thought and effort into, and it paid off pretty big. Because I mean, they're really—if you look at the decision when you read the decision—I mean, you just just about cut and paste from from our amicus brief to uh, to huge huge swaths of their uh, decision. Well, and the interesting part too—the point that that we were talking about in there was um, what that the magazines are not unusual and dangerous. Is that how it was worded? Right. They're not unusual. They're not dangerous. They're not primarily used for crime or or murdering people. Um, you know, they're very common. Um, they're also crucial to you know a magazine in general is a is a crucial part of a uh, of a of a firearm you know they're it's not an accessory uh, you have to have this magazine to make the firearm you know go boom and um, you know and if you read the uh, the brief too the brief is written really well I think and and mostly in layman's terms I mean it was it was easy enough to understand and uh, there's a link to it in the article which we will publish uh, tomorrow morning at dawn for yeah. sure. Um, but I'd advise everybody to take a look and read that brief because it, it was very enlightening and uh, it was actually uh, surprising and enjoyable for me to read. I didn't, I hadn't read it before the whole thing, and uh, it's a it's a very interesting read and uh, it's very worthwhile taking a look at. And reading these briefs by somebody who is you know well thought out and you know does this professionally, it gives you a lot of arrows for your quiver. So when you are sitting at the at the water cooler. And your coworkers uh, debating you, know, you. Yeah, you know, boom! You can you can bust this stuff out, and it's it's really is has turned into an an important part of what San Diego County gun owners and Orange and Riverside and San Bernardino County gun owners uh, does, and it it really truly uh, there is a you know uh, a a full uh, dark line you know between what you know you as a member. And this decision by these three federal judges. Right. So, uh, uh, you know, Joe did a really good job of highlighting that and talking a little bit about the uh, the amicus brief that, that you were a part of. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. But don't go anywhere. We will be right back right here on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The answer. 
There's more Gun Owners Radio with Dave, Joe, and Michael to come on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, educating you on your Second Amendment right. Now, here are your hosts of Gun Owners Radio, Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz on The Answer San Diego. Folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170, The Answer. Oh, sorry, I stole it. Go ahead. Nothing to my The Answer. The Answer. No, I blew it. Hey, folks. PRMI Mortgage sponsors this segment. PrimeRes.com backslash Alpine. Home mortgage interest rates have dropped. And if you're looking to buy or refi or if you're considering a reverse mortgage, Call our local mortgage guy that you can trust. Call Chris Wiley at PRMI Mortgage. For nearly 25 years, Chris has been helping local San Diegans with all their mortgage needs. Give Chris a call at 619-722-1303 or just go to primeres.com backslash alpine. All right, we got Joe Germisi up again. He is the holster man. So if you go to Facebook or go to actually San Diego County, sdcgo.org, Click on the Facebook page. You'll be able to see uh, what jo- what Joe is going to display. He has a whole slew of holsters, everything for uh, 9mm, revolver, and you name it. He's got it. All right. So what we're going to talk about today are um, leather holsters, actually, from a company called Simply Rugged. Hmm. And um, if you just uh, Google Simply Rugged, uh, they've got a great website, lots of pictures, lots of holsters and things like that. Did they send all those to you? Um, no, I've bought all those over the years, uh, <laughs> there you go. but they may send me some now because um, <laughs> they got more. These aren't all of them. So, um, so that's an important point. These are your these are your personal products. Don't you're not being paid. We're not being sponsored. This is just uh, your no, personal. Uh, I like sharing information. Yeah, so that's a big part of what we do. And um you know, those, if you've been listening to this for a while or reading my stuff for a while, you've seen me evolve in this, um, in this, uh, concealed carry journey anyway, from starting out with plastic holsters, the hybrid holsters. And then I finally got into, um, to leather holsters and outside the waistband kind of leather holsters, which is what I do now. And, um, Simply Rugged makes a, uh, a great holster. They've been around since, uh, 2004, a guy named Rob Leahy started it and, um, they're out in um, in Arizona in the Prescott area or Prescott area. And um, they make leather uh, holsters. They're handmade, semi-custom um, type leather holsters. So I own three of them, and I thought I'd bring them in just to um, to show you. So the uh, first one here is kind of a plain vanilla holster. You can see I've got this from my 1911. And um, the 1911 here is, uh, this is actually the Springfield 1911 that we were just talking about. If you're listening to the... Uh, the segment with Jason from the Gum Range San Diego. They have a bunch of these uh, in-house. Um, and this is a nice mid-range 1911. It's about a $700 gun. But I needed a holster for it. And um, I wasn't looking for anything fancy or anything like that. So uh, I ended up with this. Uh, they call this their CUDA model holster. And it's just a real standard. It's a pancake-style holster, which means um, essentially it's constructed with two pieces of um, leather. They use the um, um, the uh, Herman Oak leather, which is... Um, the same kind of high quality leather that I think Wright Leather Works uses. We talked about Wright a couple of months ago, um, but it's just, essentially it's two pieces of leather um, 
sewn together like this. They mold it specifically to your gun. So you tell them what kind of gun you have and they uh, make it spe specifically for that. But it's a very nice solid holster. It's very well made. Um, I ended up getting uh, along with it um, a uh, magazine carrier as well. And uh, so this is a dual magazine carrier and um, works really well. And the style I got here just clips in the back. There's two snaps and it just snaps onto your belt. But um, this is kind of the very uh, plain model here. The next thing, moving over to this one, um, this one here is their DEFCON 3 uh, concealed carry holster. And this will work inside the waistband or outside the waistband. You can get it um, with these two clips that clip on here into these um, holes like that. So you could wear this inside the waistband or outside the waistband. Hmm. Um, works really well. I use this for my 19, oops, 19. I use this for my Glock 19, which is um, what I carry typically every day. And um, you can see it works really well. It fits really nicely. It's very comfortable to wear. It's very easy to draw from. Um, what's nice with this one is uh, you can feel your way back into the holster when you're reholstering. I'll use this one a lot if I'm taking a class where I'm drawing from concealment. So we're drawing and um, reholstering over and over again. This is really handy because you can reholster without really looking. And you can just slide the gun right in because you can feel this tab up here. Um, another good thing about the tab is uh, you could actually feel this and you could, if you put your thumb on the back of the slide, you could actually feel the tab so you know the thing is where it's supposed to be, which I don't generally check anymore. But when you're new to it, you tend to do that a lot. So that's a handy thing. And the other thing, the other one that I use... Um, actually, before you move on to that, yeah. the, so I see how that fits outside the waistband. The belt would go through those two holes. Mm -hmm. How does it fit inside? So inside the waistband, you've got these two clips, yeah. and they clip into these holes. So the clips would be out here. Like this. Let's see if I pull this apart here. So the clips would be here on the outside. I see. The holster would fit inside your you. waistband and this clips there. around the belt gotcha okay so the only thing sticking out are those loops yeah what you'll see is the loops yeah and your weight your belt will probably be up around here someplace okay and it works well that way again it's a it's kind of an evolution that you go through um because like i said when you first start with the concealed carry you're always worried about printing i got to get something small it's got to be yeah. hidden and then after you get more comfortable it's, eh, i don't need to worry yeah. about that so much <laughs> yeah so you get more for comfort but what i wanted to point out too um the holster that I use now is this Wright Leatherworks holster, and you can see these two things are almost identical. I mean, if you hold them over each other, they look pretty much the same. Mm. Yet on me personally, if I'm wearing this one uh, for where I wear it at about the 4 o'clock position on my hip, I can get in and out of my back pocket with my cell phone with this holster on, so I tend to wear this one. For some reason, this one is just slightly different, and I can't do that with this holster. Mm. So my everyday holster is more the right Leatherworks holster. If I'm taking a class, like I'll be out at Gunsight here in October, I'm going to do a week-long class. I'll be drawing from concealment all day long, every day. I'll use this holster to do that, um, and it works great. These um, holsters, price-wise, um, aren't too bad. The um, What was I going to say? The, uh, the CUDA holster down here is an $80 holster, so... This one essentially was $80, which isn't too bad. It's a little bit pricey, but it's a solid, nice leather holster and not bad at all. The uh, magazine pouch was $50, so that was like that. The um, DEFCON 3 holster, this one over here, the concealed carry holster was $120. Um, so again, not too bad, but they're high-quality holsters, and they last a long time. They're really comfortable. The um, other one I've got here, if you really want to get a little bit fancy, 
kind of a barbecue holster, right? Something to show off uh, <laughs> at the go. barbecue. <laughs> um, but again, this is another pancake style holster, and um, this is their sourdough uh, pancake holster. And again, just the name. But um, what you can get is this different tooling on here. So this is a Celtic knot uh, tooling here, and then you have a basket weave in here. So uh, this is a little bit more pricey. This is $190 for this one. Um, but again, it works here. I wanted something for my Ruger, and um, you know I really enjoy this revolver, so I had to get a decent holster for it. You can't can't put something like this in a plastic holster. No, it's just not cool. that's ridiculous. So um, I went with <laughs> this one, and uh, they have a lot of different kinds of tooling you can get on here. They have floral patterns. They have all sorts of things. Uh, they have border tooling that they'll do. So it's um, it's a really uh, just a really great company. That is, it's good looking. That really is and, that leather. If if you're if you're not watching on Facebook, these all are are aesthetically very very nice looking. Yeah, and they're nice. You know, it's High quality uh, looking. Somebody too. said life's too short to go uh, just with a plastic holster, right? Do they get better with nice. age? You know, like um, any leather product. They do, yeah, and they and they break in. I mean, these already these are only a couple of years old, and I I could feel them like that. Because uh, they're a little get, stiff at first, right? They are. You do have to work. Is them there in. any maintenance, or is there anything that you should do to them? Should you no. slather them down with leather? Very uh, little. No, they say um, they say you shouldn't do much to them at all. Really, you don't want to leave them in the sun um, oh, yeah. a lot, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But uh, very little with those. Also, a magazine uh, pouch, and, and for the revolver, obviously there isn't magazines, but it holds rounds. This one will hold um, eight rounds, I think, of my uh, three fifty seven Magnum. And again, it's got the matching. Um, the matching tooling on here does that go to a belt so yeah so your belt would just um essentially go right through there oh i the see it goes through there rounds will go in here and then it snaps shut gotcha. so uh lots of cool stuff out there uh simply rugged it's a great company um they uh they work really well with you uh, like when i first got this one um one of the things this is supposed to stay open if you wear it even inside your waistband and i found with me personally it was kind of closing shut and i don't know if Part of it was probably me. Part of it was probably the holster. But I uh, called Rob Leahy, talked to him. I sent it back to them. Um, they, I think they gave me a new one. I thought they were going to either try to rework it or get me a new one because they've got a piece in here that, that stiffens it up a bit. Um, but uh, no problem at all working on it. Sent it back to me. And I'm still not crazy about it inside the waistband. But for what I use it for outside the waistband, it's outstanding. It works really well. Mm -hmm. um, so simply rugged holsters, uh, just a great place to go for uh, w w w. Uh, yeah, you know I never do it that way. I type in simply rugged on Google and it pops up, and that's the one. Simply rugged leather, <laughs> and um, they do in addition to holsters, they do belts, um, which I've got a couple of their gun belts as well. So a uh, really good leather shop. Cool. And the the holster stays open well enough. You you say you, you take that and take take classes and yeah. you can go in and out of the holster fairly uh, well. You can uh, see safely um, and easily. Huh? You can see how this one is, and uh, it stays pretty much like that on your belt. And that's just um, what I'll do is um, when it's on my belt. What I'll end up doing is I'll I'll when I'm reholstering, I'll push against this, and I can feel I'm I'm right where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, and then it just goes right in, and it's it works great. I have when I my, one of my first IDPA match. It was my first IDPA match. I I brought this like, um, it was like a neoprene like cheap holster, and man, I got I got chewed out by yeah. you know some guy who was sick and tired of me trying to shove a gun in my in my uh, in my cheap holster. We well, uh, know the other thing they have here, and I saw one of these, and it's either I got a check uh, it was either ken campbell out of gunsight had one or there's another guy out there that looks exactly like ken campbell but he's not ken campbell <laughs> it was one or the other of them but had a holster like this from simply rugged except they had a rattlesnake 
uh, skin inlay wow. on here. And they also had a matching, um, I think it was a magazine pouch like this because it was for 1911 with, again, the rattlesnake uh, skin inlay in there. Yeah. And they've even got a picture of that. If you look at the Simply Rugged site, you'll see a picture of that holster on there. And it's just, I'm really tempted You're to do that You're saving up. You're saving <laughs> yeah, I don't know up. if you have to provide the rattlesnake because... Um, I doubt it. Because Campbell was telling me, well, they, they have those from time to time at Gunsight. And I think he was saying, because uh, Rob Leahy's uh, company is right there. They're not too far from Gunsight. But he was saying if they have to kill one or something, they'll save the skin for him. So, uh, <laughs> That's Ken Campbell had the... Had the rattlesnake? Uh, it was it was Ken or it was the guy that was looks the other exactly guy. like Ken. I can't remember which. Not, it was I, Ken, I will, not I Ken find Campbell. out. <laughs> maybe maybe his name's Cant Campbell. <laughs> Ken and Cant Campbell. No, yeah, I will I will not. I will track that down when I get out there uh, in October. See who's got that. That's cool, man. Joe, those are awesome. Yeah, they have yeah. a lot of really uh, neat stuff too. Because um, this guy Rob Leahy, who I also met when I was out there at the alumni shoot last year, so I got to talk to him for a little bit. But. Um, I think he grew up in the Arizona area, but then he spent years up in Alaska and that's where he actually started. When he started his company, he was up there and, um, cause he couldn't find the holster that worked for him for the stuff he was doing up there. And so that's where they started actually making these holsters in the kitchen. Hmm. And then they progressed out to a garage and then, um, they moved back down. They decided to go to a warmer climate. They moved back to Arizona and, um, it's still a small company. There's about eight people, I think, that work there. But awesome. nice handmade holsters. All right. Well, cool. All right. So we're going to go ahead and take a quick break. You are listening to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Thousands of new gun buyers just found out what San Diego gun owners already knew. AO Sword Firearms in El Cajon has the widest selection of guns in the county. Hundreds of new and used guns in stock and everything you could want for an AR-15. AO Sword is also a professional gunsmith with a full machine shop for cleaning, repair, upgrades, or customization. Check out AO Sword on Facebook or go to AOSword.com. Our firearms technical expert is on the line, David Chong. How you doing, bud? It's a good day. How are you guys? Yeah, it's not too hot. Not too hot. (laughs) That's right. Not too on fire. (laughs) Exactly. Holy cow. I, uh, you know, I want to follow up in agreement on something that, uh, Michael said at the, I think the top of the hour. And that's that, uh, uh, you ought to think about stockpiling not just your plinking rounds. Um, let me let me walk you through this. Uh, most of the people that I know that stockpile ammo stockpile Full Metal Jacket. It's cheap. You can buy it in in bulk, and uh, you know the cost per round is one fifth, maybe even one tenth the uh, the cost of uh, performance ammunition, jacketed hollow point, and so forth. The the thing is, is here's on, on a normal day. Uh, for, for folks who carry or folks who have a prepared home defense uh, firearm. Well, what do you put in that home defense firearm? Well, jacketed hollow point, of course. And why is that? Well, because FMJ is just going to go through and through. It's not good for, you know, for business use, for, for social use. Okay. So why do you have FMJ? Well, that's for cheap plinking at the range. And and you're stowing up ammunition supposedly for the, the worst set of days that that the generations would see uh, where 
where you would have to use that on a regular basis for self-defense. And yet folks are, for that exact scenario, they're stockpiling the stuff that they say isn't good for uh, the one in a million chance that they'd have to use it uh, with without the, the chaos of civil unrest. I, I get I get so much pushback for that opinion, David. It's amazing. <laughs> well, I really do. People it, push back. Oh, come on! But I, you're, what you just you just described it absolutely perfectly. Yeah, if you're actually preparing for the day when, man, I might have to use this for self defense on a regular basis. Why are you putting the rounds in there that you just said? Oh, these aren't good for self defense. <laughs> Holy cow! I'll tell you another kind of a, a, a gruesome thought is that. Uh, uh, if you really are preparing for that scenario and it's truly the end of the world as we know it, well, you don't need 10,000 rounds. You need just enough to get some more rounds from the guy that you beat. And if you didn't beat him, then you don't need any more rounds. <laughs> Jeez. Woo! That's like a, that's a, I think that that should be a meme. <laughs> sure, that's right. That's you got to right. meme that, David. Yeah, it's the, the gun um, version of you don't have to be faster than the bear, just faster than the next slowest guy. Right. right? <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. Your Nikes only have to be faster than the next guy. Yeah. Um, something I want to talk about today is uh, homebrew gunsmithing. Uh, we have seen a dramatic increase in the number of um, shotguns, semi-automatic shotguns, that have been turned over to us either for repair or for sale because uh, someone with good intentions and and thinking ahead realized, you know, I don't use grandpa's old duck gun, but with the world being the way it is, I need something for home defense. And so they'll take this semi-automatic shotgun and they'll cut down the barrel. It's 28 inches long and way too big to fit through through a doorway They'll cut it down to a, a legal. Most of them have at least done that part. Uh, we've had a couple of illegal short barrel shotguns turned in. Of course, we disassemble those. But uh, they'll cut them down to 18 and a half, 20 inches or so. And then they'll go try to run these semi-automatic shotguns. Anybody have, anybody have a guess at what happens? Jam. They, well, yeah, they'll, they'll shoot one round real well, but then they won't run the next round. Yeah. And the reason why is because semi-automatic shotguns, unlike pump shotguns, are, are run, the action is run by the, the pressure or the force of that last round heading down the barrel. And whether it's an inertially driven gun, and we'll talk about this, or a gas-operated semi-automatic shotgun, uh, it needs the recoil forces or the expanding gas forces to eject the empty Hulk uh, hole from from the uh, uh, chamber, um, pull up the next round, and then ram that next round into the chamber, ready to go again. Um, on a and again, I'm talking about semi-automatic shotguns only. On a pump shotgun, that entire action is driven by your forearm and your sh- shoulder, racking that uh, forend back and then slamming it forward to. Uh, uh, to eject and load the next round. Um, so when you when you shorten the barrel, what happens is either you are shortening the distance after the gas ports uh, uh, down the barrel, so the gases don't have as much time to operate inside the gas port operating the action before they the pressure is released by the shot 
exiting the end of the barrel. Uh, and so you get a, a low pressure uh, cycle and the gun jams. Uh, either you get a failure to eject or a failure to load the next round. Um, on an inertially driven shotgun, what'll happen, there is no gas return. Uh, the gas goes straight out the end of the barrel. But what'll happen instead is now the uh, reciprocating mass of the entire shotgun is, is too low to overcome the spring tension behind the bolt. And so that bolt doesn't come all the way back into the uh, stock or at the end of the receiver. And once again, you get a, a short stroke and a, a failure to eject or a failure to load. This can be fixed at your local gunsmith, but it's, it's, uh, it can be anywhere from a fairly inexpensive fix, uh, changing out uh, the recoil spring, uh, to a fairly expensive fix. On some of the gas-driven guns, it's very hard to get to the gas ports, and those have to be uh, precisely uh, uh, milled oversized so that uh, more gas can, can uh, reciprocate the action more quickly before the uh, gas ex- uh, escapes at the end of the shorter barrel. So do you chop down barrels for people or, or does it even make, does it even make financial sense for someone to do that or should? Or, Absolutely. Uh, yeah? okay. it, uh, it, uh, it can get complicated. So for, and also it, uh, sometimes I will refuse to do it simply because I don't want to see a beautiful old classic uh, pigeon grade uh, semi-automatic shotgun get shot, uh, get, get cut down. But uh, uh, in general, yes, it can be done. And, whether or not it's a a good return on investment is um, it's a case by case basis. Um, some of these old guns don't have any inherent value, and uh, or very little, you know, a couple few hundred dollars, and so we're not really losing anything by uh, chopping it down and making it run. On the other hand, uh, some of them that were required to uh, uh, get them running at a shorter length uh, exceeds the value of the gun. Here's, here's the, the monkey wrench here. The answer to that would be, okay, well then just buy the purpose-built shotgun that, uh, uh, that suits your needs. Get, get a uh, semi-automatic home defense shotgun. Anybody seen one on the shelf lately? Yeah, really? Well, I, I guess I was thinking, is is it just not that common to be able to find? Like, if you ha- is there not an aftermarket shorter barrel that they could just pick up, or is that just not all there, that common? Uh, it's in in good times, I would call it uncommon. Uh, uh. Uh, uncommon enough, for example, that uh, being this gunsmith, being that we are retail gunsmiths, it's a, it's a fairly uh, common and by common I mean maybe once a month uh, uh, activity for us during normal times, maybe as little as once a quarter, to fulfill a customer request to give them a, a shorter uh, barrel, uh, whether that's OEM original manufacturer or an aftermarket barrel. We'll switch out their long one for a short one. Um, at about a month into the panic, where Remington wasn't making shotguns anymore, and there goes roughly half of the uh, shotguns out there in, in the market um, and everybody else had bought all the other ones up I realized that hey the only way for me to get defensive shotguns into the hands of my customers is to buy 
security length shotgun barrels yeah. and then buy uh, uh, hunting shotguns and I'll swap the barrels for them. And we bought up every short barrel we could in the country. <laughs> we, we bought them all up. Wow. And we put hundreds of shotguns out that way because we couldn't buy the security shotguns. And now those barrels are long gone. Uh, and they're not producing any more because they're all going directly into production onto security shotguns. Hmm. So it's, it's a, um, I guess the, the moral of the story is right now necessity is the mother of invention. It's hard to find a security shotgun. If you've got an old gun laying around and it's a pump shotgun, bring it over to us. We'll chop the, uh, uh, barrel down for you in a safe and, uh, um, uh, professional manner. If it's a semi-automatic shotgun, definitely do not attempt this yourself. And always remember, regardless of who's doing it, you got to stay over the uh, federal short barrel shotgun limit, uh, uh, 18 inches, get 18 and a half inches for, for safety. Um, and uh, if it's a semi-auto shotgun, it, it you can't just chop it and expect it to work. Wow. Well, there you go. Good, good tip as always. You'll you'll red dawn them for uh, red dawn it for them. That's right. That's right. Yeah, That's exactly. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, great segment, full of knowledge, and that's exactly what we're looking for with Gun Owners Radio. And we can't thank you enough. Uh, Everybody have a great week. Yeah, you too. Thanks. Stay, out, stay out of trouble, and we'll talk you down the road. All right. Bye. All right. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back the most popular segment of Gun Owners Radio. Stump My Nephew, right here on Gun Owners Radio on FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners. Radio on FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, pod listeners, make sure you listen to the first hour of this podcast as well as the second. Please support all our great sponsors, The Gun Range San Diego at... What did I do? Did I lose this page? You must not have cheated me. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Welcome back. And don't forget to thank... Well, I just was thanking our sponsors that we get to broadcast and bring you this best second amendment content in the nation so please right now check out the website of attorney john dillon u.s law shield firearms legal protection the gun range san diego on balboa ao sword and el cajon prmi mortgage and get yourself a cali key need to find out more information or sponsors go to gunownersradio.com well here we are folks our most popular segment every week you write in ask a question of sam the gunman if we use your gun trivia question, we'll send you a San Diego County gun owner's shirt, which has scientifically been proven to improve your marksmanship. And if you stump Sam, then we will send you a shirt and a hat. So without further ado, and by the way, the shirt doesn't work. <laughs> Sam the Gunman. Excellent. What's up, Sam? Not much. How are you guys? Kicking Fantastic. It. Yeah, doing well. Doing well. Are you? So we were talking about ammo before we get into the question. You're in uh, the beautiful state of uh, Virginia. 
Um, and there's been a little bit of debate of a debate on whether or not the ammo shortage is a California thing or a, a national thing. What what, do you, what are you guys experiencing? Um, we're experiencing a debate about whether the ammo shortage is just a Virginia thing or if it's a national thing. <laughs> so, so you guys, it's hard to find anything there. The only thing it's not hard to find forty caliber. I'm seeing forty caliber. If you have a forty caliber, you have it's it, it, this is your time. <laughs> <laughs> there are boxes and boxes of forty caliber. Yeah, I heard shotgun shells were okay too, but anything for a handgun, uh, nothing. Yeah, nine forty-five. Uh, well, for nine forty-five, two, two, three, and uh, three, five, seven. Uh, yeah, I've heard it's uh, pretty difficult. So. Yeah, the uh, nine is nowhere to be seen, and when you can find it, you're paying a dollar a round or more. Uh, the forty has actually started drying up somewhat too. Mm. You can still get forty-five. Uh, relatively easily but it's gone up in price uh 308 seems largely unaffected though i don't know why that is hmm. i guess nobody's buying 308 i guess 762 by 39 um is in the same boat because i haven't really seen the prices go up too much on that either all right you ready for your question yeah let's have it okay samantha in national city she writes, she wants to know, what does Creedmoor refer to as in 6.5 Creedmoor? And just, just to let you know, because uh, she provided the answer, she wants to know, where does that come from? Where, 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 what are they talking about, Creedmoor? Thanks very much for the question, Samantha. Now, uh, as I recall, I'm, I'm not 100% on this, but as I recall, it refers to a place called Creedmoor Ranch. Um, and... Possibly a company that comes from there or is associated with it uh, and is involved with uh, long-range marksmanship training, but that that might be a little bit off. How did I do? A <laughs> little bit off. I'm not sure. It's uh, Creedmoor Rifle Range was uh, sited on Long Island in what is now Queens Village, Queens, New York. The range was established after the New York legislature and the newly formed NRA, National Rifle Association, combined in 1872 to acquire 70 acres of farmland from a Mr. Creed for long-distance rifle shooting and the holding of shooting competitions. The range officially opened June 21st, 1873. The Central Railroad of Long Island established a railway station nearby. Uh, with trains running from Hunter's Point with connections, boat service, 34th Street. So yeah, pretty right on, but... You know, like halfway there. You're like halfway there. We'll give you partial credit on that. All right, that But that's what everybody's talking about. I guess they have... Uh, I, I'm not even sure if it's still active, to be honest with you. I didn't do a bunch of research on it. But uh, that's where that, that comes from, is a, a range that was established just for... Uh, long-distance rifle shooting that was established by the state of... I think it was the last time the state of New York and the NRA worked together on anything. They don't seem to get along anymore. I'm not Might sure have been the happened. last time the NRA did anything pro-gun, too, but you didn't hear Oh! That. Biting social commentary from Sam the Gunman. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's, I don't know what happens. The New York and NRA uh, have since divorced and aren't real happy with each other. So I guess times change. Times change. So, all right, my friend, partial credit. What else? Are you doing any shooting this week? Uh, no, not lately. I want to hold on to every uh, every last round I have. I've been doing some shooting, but not uh, not in the immediate uh, past. A, a little birdie told me that you got a uh, you you got a, a an acquisition recently, a firearms acquisition recently, a brand new 
Yes, uh, I managed well. to get my hands on a Glock 43X. Um, I'm not going to tell you how I did it, but uh, I didn't go directly through a store or through a distributor. Um, I, I had a special means of obtaining one, and that's how I was able to find what one. Is, how they're, ominous they're does that really sound? really difficult to come by here. I think he, he's Joe. It sounds like he like killed a guy for it or something like it. No. Like some kind of shoot off, a shootout at the OK Corral and took his weapon. Yeah. Or he talked to Elwood up yonder and uh, yeah. they did a private party transfer. <laughs> How do you like it? Have you shot it yet? Um, no, unfortunately, I haven't gotten the chance to get out on the range with it yet. Uh, but I have uh, I've come by a little bit of ammo, so that's that's coming up here in in the immediate future. It, it's like it, ammo is is turned into such a commodity. It's like uh, Mad Max and Petro. You know, people are finding little bits of it here and there. Well, you know, it's interesting. Interesting, like Sam just said. You know, because I had the same feeling. We were talking about the reloading stuff, and I've got enough stuff probably to get me through the end of the year. Yeah. But it's like I'm hesitating to shoot. You know, it's like uh, so I'm going to be doing an RSO shift uh, next week. So, okay, usually I'll shoot 300 rounds or something while I'm there. I'm thinking, eh, do I want to do not. that? Maybe 100 rounds or something? Yeah, you know, to be honest, so we have the, we were talking about the shooting socials that we do, and uh, it used to be no problem. We'd show up and they'd have ammo for us, and we'd, you know, buy it from whatever, whoever the host range was. I, I, this week I got to go hunting for, for ammo. We have uh, maybe, I don't know, half a dozen or so shooting socials. Uh, throughout the rest of the year, and I, I'm going to go hunting for ammo. We're going to count up how many people we have in these six or so shooting socials, and I got to go get that many boxes of nine millimeter because uh, that'll no ammo. There's no shooting social. Wow! So, so you're in a jam. A little bit of a jam. Any a nine or a three eighty, and you get uh, accosted on the street by someone asking for your wallet. It's cheaper just to hand it over at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Instead of going out buying ammo, <laughs> that's pretty good. All right, buddy. As always, great talking to you. Thanks for having me on. You guys have a good night. Go have fun with that new toy. As, uh, I definitely will. All right, buddy. All right, folks. Hey, podcast listeners, make sure you listen to the first hour of this podcast. And please support all our great sponsors, the Gun Range San Diego at thegunrangesandiego.com, Firearms Legal Protection at firearmslegal.com, San Diego County Gun Owners at sdcgo.org, U.S. Law Shield at uslawshield.com. Cali Key at K-A-L-I-K-E-Y.com. PRMI Mortgage. Go to PRMERES.com backslash Alpine, California. Or Alpine CO, that is. The Dillon Law Group at DillonLawGP.com. A.O. Sword Firearms Store at AOSword.com. And thanks to Michael Schwartz, Joe Germisi, Sam the Gunman, and our digital master, Brendan Thomas. And don't forget, go to Gun Owners Radio for podcasts and up-to-date information. And uh, we can't thank you all enough for uh, listening in. And if you do go to any of our sponsors, please thank them for all their support on... <laughs> Especially, I mean, that, that's something pro-Second Amendment you can do today is go visit our sponsors' website. Just go visit all of them. Click around. Buy a Cali key, you know, uh, do all the things it takes uh, to support our sponsors. Enormously important. It's, uh, yeah, it it's really important is. to them. It's important to us. So it's a way to help. And don't go anywhere. Bob Siegel is in the wings. He has another show all lined up for you. And each night it's totally different. And it's very entertaining. 
we all get to listen at least to the first 33 minutes of it before we get home. We all seem to drive the same distance. Yeah. But all his best stuff best is in part the beginning. Of the show. Yeah. yeah, all his best <laughs> parts are in the beginning. Uh, I don't know about the last half. I haven't had a chance to ever get home quick enough to, to listen to it. Uh, well, it's fun, too. Is, is, uh, was it intro and outro music or whatever that they have there? Is, That's uh, Brendan. Very much different. Yeah, but Brendan doesn't play that stuff for our show. He well, plays no, different stuff for us. Well, no, because we are totally different oh, than okay, Bob okay. Siegel. He's a professional. Well, that is that is Siegel kind of music, yeah. though, I think, on there. Yeah. Wow, what, do, what does he play? Oh, it's cool. I don't, I don't know what it's oh, called. He it's doesn't neat. know. You can't. I should no, ask that, you, what does he play? Oh, you don't listen to Bob Siegel? I, I don't. No, it's real. It, it sounds, uh, uh, it makes you think of like... Like Charlton Heston and Moses and stuff like yeah. that. It's cool. Oh, wow. His, his Buick doesn't get uh, Sirius XM. Ah. <laughs> well, that's right. We're not on Sirius no, XM. I don't get, I, yeah, I don't get AM. Yeah. <laughs> no, not yet. I, I, I listen to him sometimes. Hey, gun prompts back on? Yes, it is. October 3rd. Uh, not too late to buy tickets. Um, with early bird special, it's only 99 bucks a seat. Yeah, yeah and, that's uh, my that's anniversary. October 3rd? Uh-huh. Well, now you have now you have something to do on your anniversary. I joined the United States <laughs> Army. Oh wow, really? Yeah, that date is embedded in my brain, just like my RA one nine eight three two three six six, which is my military number. You know, it's funny how that works because that's how I remember my wedding anniversary. Because I went into the Navy uh, yeah. on August nineteenth, got out six years later on August nineteenth, and got married a year after that, on August nineteenth. <laughs> well, that's one way to do it. No, I was. I got. I. Well, I must. I got screwed over because I didn't. I got out October the fourth, <laughs> so they ripped me for a day. Yeah, I got you an extra day. Yeah. Well, what else is new? All right. Well, folks, hope you enjoyed the show. Don't forget, go to uh, gunownersradio.com. You can send us questions. We'll be more than happy to answer them. And don't forget to check out Joe Jermisi's blogs at sdcgo.org. They're just very, very, very informative, and it's a, a blog you can share with your friends and family. All right, Siegel's in the house. The Gun Owner Radio. We're out of here. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Gun Owners Radio, fighting to preserve and restore your Second Amendment right. Learn more about Gun Owners Radio and how to become a guest or sponsor by visiting gunownersradio.com. Join Dave Stahl, Joe Germisi, and Michael Schwartz every week at this same time as they talk guns and Second Amendment rights. Have fun while staying informed and getting involved. This has been Gun Owners Radio on The Answer San Diego. This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl.